This is Improvised Radio Theatre with Dice, with me, Michael Kuehl. And me, Roger Bell-West. This uh, month, as the autumn gathers around us, we will be reminiscing about our days as players rather than GMs. And we will also, what will also we do? Looking at how you put together a player group, should they all be basically pointed in the same direction, at least to start with? The unity of purpose, comrade. Before any of that... We we reckon we're pretty good as GMs. How do, how do you be a good GM, and how do you know when you've been it? We begin with that. Dr. Bob asked us in the comments to the last episode... Well, we we talk a lot, a lot about various things you can do as a GM, but how do you act simply become a good GM? And indeed, how do you know when you've become one? Well, due to being English, British, um, naturally we are racked with guilt about our inadequacies. At least I am. Um, I still get something which I suspect you would call stage fright before I, yeah, I think, every session I run. Uh, I, I, I don't know that I get stage fright. I get... Um, I don't get stage fright when I'm an actor, even when I know it's crap, because by the time it starts, it's too late. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, by the time by the time you're you're, you're on stage or in front of the ca- camera, all you can do is give it your be- your best shot. I have been known to get up in front of audiences with the guitar and sing things, and yeah. it is a very similar feeling. Yeah, you yeah yeah, but you're doing that to yourself, and you're not even being paid for it. True, it's terrible. True. Anyway, Leaving aside professional reminiscences, <laughs> um, I do get, however, um, a sense of in- inadequacy and imposter syndrome sometimes, and it hit me again last night when I was uh, using a break in the regular run of one of my uh, groups to try out uh, the One Ring, and I realised how little I had prepared compared to one of the players who read the rules and had a, a better grasp of them than, than I did. Mm. Um, so, you don't ever get that assurance, except when you sit back, not in the tension of the moment, and think about the games that you have run that were good, and that you know you can do again. And in the heat of the moment, when those games are going on. But there are, as in any art, there are things that you need to be aware of you should always be aware of your strengths and compensate for your weaknesses and play to those strengths i think is the is the best guide i can give yeah i, I came up with a sl- slightly different approach though it's, it's very similar and so, same as i do if i'm trying to improve any hmm. broad skill work out what the weak points are being honest about them at least with myself yeah uh try to fix there them. is no need Every time to tell your apologise to your players, you can bluff sometimes. I would argue that apologising to the players may indeed be an error because they might not have noticed. Yeah. Yet. Yeah, but sometimes um, you want forgiveness. I also try to avoid coasting on the stuff that I'm good at because if I if I just let that go on automatic, then that will start getting boring. And they the players know what what your your tropes and your habits and your regular um, cliches are 
Mm. And there, there was a. It's, it's worth you knowing those two because then you can subvert them. There, there was a, a recent uh, full frontal nerdity in which they're doing a Star Trek game, and to the and to the GM's disgust, the players start riffing on all the things they're perfectly convinced he's about to do, or he's just trying to fill in a bit of background detail. No, no, no. The fungus is not sentient. <laughs> um, but. Going back to uh, my sad experience last night. All right, rules, m- rules mastery is a thing. The, the, Which I've, does not necessarily mean knowing the rules inside out. No, but it means. I, I, I would argue that it 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 could also mean know, knowing when looking up the rule will take a while, and so saying to hell with it, just roll, roll some dice and see what happens. Yeah, it's it's being comfortable enough with the game system that you've got the core of it inside your head and the details can be um, looked up when necessary and that was definitely not something I felt last night with the One Ring. People who publish the One Ring, Cubicle 7, that you out there, you need flowcharts you need combat and other subsystem flowcharts because I was all over the place last night That the fact that I was using a a PDF copy of the, of the rules probably didn't help Mm. especially when my iPad started running out of juice about uh, 20 minutes before the end. But uh, uh, but but you need to be able to build up a sense of how combat flows. It's not good enough to have a list, you, and it's not good enough to have a, a cheat sheet which just shows the central mechanic. You've got to have a, a sense of the flow of play. Yeah, I would say when when the GM is in the mode that would be substituted for by a computer in a computerised game, uh, it is very important that there should be very little latency. The, the player says, I do X, and the GM should immediately come back with, OK, now you should roll something. Mm. Or, no, that's not going to work. Or, whatever. There needs to be an answer rather than, um, I need to think about that. Um, that. Even if the answer is only, no, that's not quite how, how, how it works. Uh, and perhaps I haven't described the situation properly. Uh, yeah, one of my players is usually the first player in the group to ask for a diagram, but the rest are always grateful when he does. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, as I say, Brawl's Mastery is important, and that, amongst the things, and I think this is somewhere where where habit is permissible, um, though you should try and break yourself of ha- habits like using GURPS for everything, Roger. Why? All right, that's a really, very good question, <laughs> because because there are um, because there are habits of depiction and and ways of doing things that GURPS leads you towards, which whether there might be other ways of doing things. Fair enough, but um, but yeah, you need a you need a rule set that you can get your head around. I'm getting older, and maybe new rule sets aren't going in as much, but. It is also down to the game designers to make it as easy as possible to understand what's happening and how thing how things are supposed to work. Yeah, I'm thinking of my experience with AD and D in particular. I don't, I don't think that was a particularly unusual experience. It was a a set of rules that seemed almost designed to reward actually learning them. Mm. Um, well, yeah, yeah lo- lots of different mechanical subsystems. And so on. You are simply going to be a better player at the table. I don't mean in terms of more successful. I mean in terms of more pleasant to be with. Yeah. If you if you're not constantly delaying the game because because the GM says make a make a Ben Bars check and you say oh I know where to find Ben Bars it's here on my sheet it's this sort of die. Yeah. If you yeah that it, the 
and it will it will uh, it will pay, pay off also in in success in the game if you understand what construction of character and exploitation of character and how the character will allow you to do the the cool things that you want to do yeah but as, especially uh, in more recent versions yeah and uh, and gerps is is a is very much a, ca- a case in point yeah fair um that it's a thing we've said before that the the character generation is in effect a sort of mini mini optimization game and it's very unfortunate that that's the first thing a player meets it doesn't have to be but uh, the GM's well, it's, it's job... not it's not when i run gerps yeah what was I going to say? But all right, I think there are, you should also be extra prepared for the bits of your favoured system that you don't use often and don't enthuse about quite as much. I would prepare extra hard if I had to use the uh, the mass combat system from GURPS or the mm. or the social engineering systems, which I don't think. I don't think I understand as well as I should do if they're going to be a major part of the game. So those are things I should crunch hard in advance so that uh, at the table it looks effortless, I hope. Yeah, an awful lot of GURPS, as I actually run it, consists of players say something, I say, yeah, that's a good idea, roll against skill X. Let's yeah. see how well you do. But that's uh, that, that's also a function of how of the scale of what you're what you're doing, which is... Very personal, very um, yeah, character based. The the thing I'm, I continue to like about GURPS is that if I do want to lean on, okay, can this particular bullet actually get through this particular armor mm. or whatever? The rules are there, but I don't have to mm. be constantly thinking about them. But yeah, that's, that's a fair point. It, it does seem to me it might be instructive to come up with a, a list of things GMs should be able to do. Quite difficult. Mm. Um. Well. I was going to say I was going to move, I was going to move on yeah. to when it comes to actual role play and the running of game independent of game system. I think there are two sets of skills you need to be able to juggle simultaneously, and that is long term and short term. Mm. You need, uh, and this is a thing I always say, and I think I think Roger always says, the GM needs a sense of what is really going on. Which means they need to have, and and indeed, that's that that's a heading I I find I use time and time again in my write ups in advance of games, my planning, my my planning in my 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 game journal. Mm-hmm. Um, I I give the I write down the the setup, the introduction, um, what brings the the player characters into it, the briefing, and then I write what is really going on, and that gives me the 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 backbone of. Of, of the of the particular story that we're in, and more than that, I need to have a sense of the backbone of the entire story, of the entire campaign, and where it's going. I need to have be able to throw that away and substitute something else if it goes somewhere else. But the fact that I I knew how in my Knights Black Agents game how Dracula and uh, the Russian mafia. And the German anti-vampire um, organization tied in together to the main plot. I had that in advance, so I could bring it in when the players went. They went, but I also had to be prepared for the players going where they didn't want. Where they, eventually they didn't want to end, want went gone. Bah, humbug. 
it's a it's a sort of trapdoor problem, really. It, it's very easy to say this organisation is trying to do that. Mm. It is trickier to flip that round and say the PCs are doing this. This might well interact with a that, which is the sort of thing this organisation does. So this is a good place to drop a hint about it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it's a thing we talked about quite quite early on in, in the run of the podcast, and um, I'm still not as good at it as I'd like to be. Just linking the big plots with the small stuff. I'll tell you something I'm aware that I'm not as good at as I should be at, and that's looking at things from the player's point of view, Mm. from looking at what the clues I throw out to them look like from their point of view. And sometimes I get angry with them because they're not going in the obvious place, and what I should be doing is saying, hey, what they think could actually be cooler than what I've got planned. Let's go with it, or at least let's deceive them for a while. I have heard it suggested that you should never admit to the players that this, that this is the thing you do, but I think my players have probably noticed by now, mm. at least sometimes it's a thing I do. One other thing, um, I, th- I I think the other, the, and the other uh, part of this is the short-term improvisation, is the putting things together in the moment and on the at the table, coming up with, with characters who, and, who are memorable of, on the fly, and and here is something I'm not good at, keeping those characters around for uh, for later, making adequate notes on them uh, when I've just pulled them out of my my backside for a moment. If they were, if this were a, if we were doing a TV series, um, and a minor character came came in and the actor who played them was good, we'd have the the actor's agent's name and we'd have the the tapes and we'd know. We could go back and bring that character back in. And I find that terribly hard sometimes. Yeah, this this has become part of my write-up process. Not not just what mm. happened, but, okay, here is a name. Let's put that name in the big list of names. Yeah. I haven't been doing this as well on one campaign as I might be because I'd actually simply forgotten that I had an NPC list for this campaign. So, How did you, Yeah, all right. <laughs> but anyway. What are you aware that you're good at? Ah... See also being in the UK. Um, <laughs> Come on, blow your own trumpet. I, I think it. blow your own trumpet. Keep, keeping multiple moving parts vaguely aligned and synchronised, and mm. you know the PCs have done this. The villains know know about this aspect of what they've done. The villains will therefore change their plan to do that. On the mm. other hand, this is a very impetuous villain who's being forced to change plans in a hurry, so he, so he's likely to screw up. Ah. Uh, or this is this is a very sensible villain who anticipated that something of this sort might go wrong, and therefore he has a fallback plan. Yeah, my uh, a, a, a lot of my adventure design consists of here is a villainous plan. I will now insert the PCs into it, but here is how the plan will work if if the PCs don't turn up. Hmm. I think I, I I'm having problems with this building building my um, my nominee um, game uh, game about a, a city across the ages. I'm having trouble building up the the scale the scale of things, and then this may be a problem in the basic campaign design. It's it's episodic across great stretches of time, but on the other hand, the bad guys live as long as the player characters, except for one poor unfortunate Balsaraf who got shredded to his component parts, mm. and um, they and and they should be working towards. Something better. There is a long-term villainess hanging around in the background, um, and I must 
try and get her to consolidate her plans. <laughs> but it's uh, it's not coming together just at the moment. I I I will say that that I am good with coming up with characters and with dialogue on the spur of the moment. Um, and yeah, I, I, I fear my NPCs may blend into each other a bit mm. more than I would like them to. Yeah, the, the it's, it's a problem keeping the the people separate. Uh, Dave Langford, um, who uh, was the the person who to blame for introducing me to the hobby, uh, once said of me when I was at university that I can impersonate anybody who had a deep booming voice, mm. um, as, and as long as they sounded something like Winston Churchill, I was golden. Which was unkind of him, but accurate. Um, and I, I do try to keep. I, I do. I am aware that I have sets of um, stock characters uh, mm. that uh, that I that I do uh, that I do well, from the aged loonies to the forelock t- uh, uh, t- tugging um, uh, minions and uh, and the uh, and the mad high priests. I do a lot of mad high priests. For some reason, in current nineteen um, thirties occult investigation game in London, I've found that um, yeah, I can actually get fairly easily into the ordinary, fairly honest cropper. And yeah, so there, there I was, and then the thing went foom, and yeah, and it was all pretty worrying, Gov. Uh, My uh, day, you go. Oh, it's 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 PC generic. Come in, PC generic. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, I think. Trying to improve and trying to do things that are new is a good sign for any artist. Um, that doesn't mean you shouldn't do the things you are good at. It just means you should do things as well as the things you already know you are good at. Yeah, th- this feeds into campaign design to some extent. Um, I I'd noticed I, I do tend to run a lot of investigative with a bit of occultism sometimes mm-hmm. campaigns. And for for that one I was just mentioning, I deliberately aimed for, right, the the party are not going to be part of an organisation with a governmental backing, mm. because I've done that quite a bit recently. Yeah, as so I want to try something uh, slightly shaded on that. So, so I went with the idea that uh, it's 1930. There are women with also with all some other sort of social stigma as well. They can't simply go to the police and say, please surround this house with unimaginative coppers, mm. and it won't help anyway. Yeah, I uh, <laughs> I do find myself returning to to uh, to tropes. I would say if somebody was taking up the hobby for the first time, one of the things I would recommend is good record keeping of the things you've done already, of keeping keeping a journal from from the start. And if you if you can writing writing up the games that you have, because you will come to the same tropes again, and you, and you will want to go back to the same worlds again, and you your players may remember things that you threw off just uh, on a whim, and you have forgotten about entirely. So keep records, my son. Do do as I say, not as I do. Well, also, it's a different world from the 1970s when this stuff was being invented. I'm just compare practically any episodic TV show from that era True. with the standard now, which is, yeah, you will have an on-running, ongoing plot. You may well have a season plot. Hmm. You'll have recurring NPCs, things like that. Yeah. I think it's just something that people expect of a story these days. Uh, and you, your classic, let, let's go down a new dungeon this week, Dungeon hmm. Bash, does not have to do that, because yeah. you 
I, I've, I got quite surprised when I heard people, first of all, talking about the mega dungeon idea, and you know, you're, you're going to go down this, and you're going to take many, many sessions going down the whole thing, because for me, it was general. My experience of D and D and dungeon bashing was generally right. Well, here is this dungeon. It might take two or three sessions to go through, and now and then we'll go into somewhere else. Hmm. I, d- I never quite understood the ecology, economy, or anything, or geography, architecture, or anything else of the mega dungeon. But the fundamental problem that I have with it is power, energy, rather. Yeah, what's sustaining it? Where's the what, inputs? Yeah, what do, what do things eat? Cave yeah. fungus. What does the cave fungus grow on? You, know, you you don't have the light input that is universal yeah, above ground. There's only there's a reason most uh, most organisms live up in the light and and uh, and where there are plenty of nutrients. As, as some chap said once upon a time, what do they live on when they can't get Hobbit? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, uh, I would say no, but it's not. It's, it's, it's not. It's, it's not got as good a mouthfeel as Hobbit. <laughs> a couple of external things, because obviously you shouldn't just be taking our advice. Um, listening to actual play recordings. Hmm. Should in theory be useful. I must admit, I I tend to find them more reassuring. For oh wow, they they just made the same mistake I made in the last session. Maybe maybe I'm not completely useless after all. <laughs> more more than oh, that's a neat trick I can use. That 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 may be me. There are people who rec- I who record things. People who record things and know it's going to be hold up. I I I get the feeling that sometimes they're playing for the microphone. I know that my mm. recordings of my own group, which I'm doing purely for per, for private purposes, are um, are a lot more shambolic than that. Uh, have Have you heard any of the Watson Hall recordings? I have. I've listened. To, I've listened to you doing the Pirates of Drinax. Now there's there's something to make you self conscious if anything does. <laughs> because I, I I don't think we're playing for the microphones. I mean, we are all aware because we're sitting in front of screens that yeah, yeah this this is being computer mediated and so on. Yeah. Uh, which m- ah, that I think causes us to be more careful about not treading on each other's lines and so on. Because if you if yes. A shouts over B, then nobody can hear what's being said. Whereas in a, in a face to face session, you often can. Yeah, I uh, I, I have to. Li- I, I'm never going to put any of those uh, from my from my groups online. Not only because um, not only because of course we 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 lose our tempers with each other sometimes hmm. and uh, and things get less than uh, than decorous but also because um the the quality just can't be can't be good enough um i'm recording in a private home which is probably all right but still i'm losing a fair bit where where people are away from the microphone and um also in a big echoey building in the guild hall and it's uh, and there's another table over over the other side of the room, and there ain't no way you're going to be able to follow this stuff. Yeah, I have uh, used actually the same recorder we're using now to um, try to record some of the sessions I've run at UK Games Expos. And the the recording of the people is fine. The problem is you're in a room with four. The the smallest room I ever had was two other groups in it. Yeah. Um. Last year it was something like six groups in the same room, mm. and that's just not usable. Yeah, quite. But yeah, the I the I think the the effect of doing it over the internet may also be that you have to have a certain awareness of the limits of the of the bandwidth, and you're 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 you speak you're, you're silent. Um, 
I don't know. Well, yeah, the, the difference between my experience as GM and your experience listening to the recording later hmm. is simply that I've got video as well as audio, but that video is just somebody's face. We're not holding up maps to, to it most of the no. time. So that that does actually make a lot of sense that, that because of that, it may, may well be more comprehensible than Jay Random's Ocean recording. Yeah. Anyway, let's get back to the to the topic. What more do we have to say about well, how, how I'm to thinking, GM thinking, thinking good? Of recording of actual plays and... and, and I don't know. Um, it, it's a thing I've heard people suggest that you should record yourself singing or whatever. Is there a role for that in role playing? I don't think so. Um, I, I can barely bear to listen to the um, actual plays that I was involved in. Honestly, doing this podcast has made me a lot more comfortable with my my voice. I, <laughs> this is not good for this, doing this. Is not good for my vanity. Well, it's very good for my vanity. It improves, improves it enormously. I have seen some uh, GM advice videos from Critical Role, yeah. who've been doing a very long video-recorded campaign for quite a few years now. Um, they're, they're quite interesting. They're, they're mostly aimed at a much more mechanical game, you know, how do I stack an encounter so that it's the right difficulty level of the player, stuff like mm. that. But one, once they got through that, which is probably useful to people who play that sort of game, they, they suddenly broke out into, okay, how do I do actual interesting role-playing stuff as a player mm. or as a GM? And there, there is, that's a very good material there. Yeah. the uh, um, it, it, it is a habit. There, there, are also, there are also issues with controlling the room and keeping mm. the focus. Uh, we'll we'll talk about a little later about what we do as players and why it's sometimes good and sometimes not. Mm-hmm. But um, keeping, making allowance for the individual players and knowing the individual players, and making sure that everybody gets something to do, and everybody has a chance to speak, and people don't ride over other people. Um, it, it, it's a tricky thing. It, it, it's it's yeah. The, the stand- politics and going by feel. Mm. You can't be a, you can't be a chairman, but but saying no, uh, but 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 actually asserting yourself a little um, is sometimes necessary. Yeah, the standard version of this that I've read about in advice to GMs in other places is the loudmouth player. Yeah. Uh, I don't generally have that problem. What I do have, at least sometimes, with with some groups, and I'm not going to say which ones, is the player who is more more interesting than the other players. Yeah, that that's that sort of player is a dreadful temptation to the GM because you can just wind them up and let them run. Mm-hmm. And uh, and uh, and I try to make sure that the players who are like that get their their chance. But not all players are like that all the time. Yeah, sometimes uh, a player will sit sit down and, and not be there and the next week they will be you'll hit something that interests them and that they'll be off and running and they'll be sparking other people too. Yeah, I, th- I think it's worth mentioning in passing that sometimes what a player wants, and I do mean specifically player, is, is just to be in the background a bit. Yeah. And you know, I've, I have I have met GMs who, who would rigorously say right, you know, we, we've got four players Every one of you is going to have your point in the spotlight every single session, which is fine if everybody feels that way. But sometimes a player doesn't; they've had a hard day at work or whatever, and they mm. just want to coast a bit, and that can get quite uncomfortable. Yeah, I—that's I, just a feedback I have thing. Really. Play, I have players who who prefer to sit to sit back. I, I have players who sometimes um, who feel, feel a, a little overawed by the group. Um, you could, 
yes, you need to bring them out, but no, but you don't. You should never lean on them. I have. I, I, I would say perhaps give them opportunities, but if if they decide if they see yeah. the opportunity and walk away from it, well, fair enough. Yeah, I have. There are players who, right? Not all. It, it, not all nerds are on the autistic spectrum. Not all nerds are um, bad at social cues, but some of us are. And with that, you have to be gentle but firm, and hope that they understand when they're when they're going wrong, when they're miscuing, when they're dragging attention to themselves, when they should be letting the other person speak. Um, I I know a couple of people who are just very bad at conversational signals, and both of them have accepted that sometimes people will say, "Shut up, Bob." It's yeah. time to let someone else talk for a bit. Yeah. Um, you have yeah. You're an, a, a stranger. You you might have to explain to, but uh, a long ter- term player. Hopefully, you will have uh, good reactions with. There are also people who want to complain hmm. and uh, want to make their unhappiness to be made clear. And some and that they are they are people who you need to handle gently. Take what they have to say on board. And sometimes go ahead against against their advice anyway, mm. but um, it, it's very difficult. It's very difficult to say. Uh, what you want is a session where everybody is sparking, and what the, what one person says leads to something that the next person uh, says, and it goes on and it it cascades, and everybody has some fun and everybody feels they've contributed. But that's the ideal, and it doesn't always happen. Um, you you have to have patience, and you have to turn up. I think <laughs> is is one thing. Maybe it's just just I'm a good GM because I, I I've just had nothing else to do. Too many Monday and Wednesday evenings <laughs> over the past thirty years. Yeah, I've I've been running games for let's see, early eighties. So yeah, thirty five years at this point. Hmm. Not, not you know, every week for those 35 years, but quite a lot of games. If I weren't at least reasonably good at it by now, I bloody ought to be. Yeah. <laughs> Practice. Pra- How do you get a Carnegie Hall? Um, there, there, are, there are things... If there are things that you, you have done too many times, do something else, but don't be afraid to go back to the things you've done before. If there are things that you've never done... At least give them consideration. I don't suppose I will ever run any of the romance-based games because, to be frank, like most gamers, I'm not entirely sure of my real-world um, experience in that area. Mm. Um, but at least I'll read them and I'll, I'll try and take on board what they're trying to do. Keep up with the state of the art would be a good, good advice in yeah. any sort of art. I would also say the thing that you are feeling very bored with may not be the same thing the players are feeling very bored with. But either way, it's probably not a good idea to keep doing it. Mm. Yeah. Okay. I think onwards. Onward. Valued listener Brett Evel wrote in and asked us, what is a, we talk a lot about GMing. What are some things we've got up to as players, as distinct from GMs? Well, 
recent I should probably throw this back back at you Roger since you've been GMing me recently what is it that, that I do <laughs> I think I think one of my uh, yeah right this could ruin a friendship this could <laughs> uh, one of the things I tend to do um, is put in uh, th- these are bad habits is put in um, in character bits um, character disadvantages and then forget about them and play my standard character uh, this is something that should be complained about. I, 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 I try. I am trying to play uh, somebody with overconfidence in Roger's um, uh, Royal Navy and Space game, wives called Wives and Sweethearts, and um, the, uh, Lieutenant Keen, recently promoted, um, is supposed to be the chap who has 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 a, a belief that he can do anything, and I've been terribly cautious, which is my native character. Well, I don't think overconfident is necessarily suicidal. Yeah, well, I, I think uh, I think he should thrust himself forward uh, forward a bit more. Mm. Uh, the other, some of the other player characters have decided that he's he's a bit too thrusting and a bit too too full of himself, which argues that I am playing it slightly right. <laughs> uh, what's he, what's your what's your what sort of character do you tend to play? Ah. Uh... There's certainly a bias to thinky characters, particularly ones who specialise in some obscure bit of knowledge that the rest of the party doesn't know. Mm-hmm. Um, the the first the thing that comes to mind is, uh, as a negative thing, I, I have been in quite a few groups where there was the group clown. Yeah, and this is generally quite annoying. And I'm vaguely worried that I may be doing this in some of the Watson Hall games. Uh, you have a tendency, if you do not mind me saying so, to find yourself a good hexent. And lean on it like nobody's business. Yes, I, I apologise profoundly no, to, no, to, I to any good. Scottish or Irish listeners. To, to I, thought was the, I, I thought it was the Russian and the upper class English recently who you've been offending. Yeah, but I can do those a bit better. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I... I, I uh... But, uh, yes, Savoric of Mansell um, in, in the Pirates of Drenex campaign, yes. Is he trying to be Sir Harry Flashman? He has compulsive carousing and odious personal habit, hooray Henry. Oh, right. <laughs> it's only minus one OPH, but... This pretty much tells me what he's going to do in in any situation that's not actually involving combat. Yeah, he do- doesn't technically have lecherous. I kind of rolled it in under the hooray, Henry. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, I think I think more optimistic about his chances. Um, it, 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 oh, he's he's, he, he's overconfident as well. Right, fine. He's he's been brought up to to know that he that he is the, the superior aristocracy, and yeah. Yeah, so that's why it's called aristocracy. It's ruled by the best. Yeah, I I, I find that having a, a a good accent, a voice, uh, for the character that I can come back to, is really useful in in player character. When I'm being a player or when I'm I'm doing NPCs, uh, the the voice is the is the is the main thing that. The, yeah, I've, I've been tr- I've been trying to work on that recently. I f- I find it very difficult when it's NPCs because it's an extra thing to think of along with the characterization mm. and so on. But f- as a player, I'm, I'm trying to push that a bit yeah. and see, see how it goes. Well, it's, it's immense fun. Um, I, I suspect I'm a bit of a pain as a, as a player. I suspect many long-term GMs are. Um, you're always thinking, um, well, I wouldn't do it that way, I suppose. But uh, And and if, if I find myself frustrated or... Um, being told I can't do that, I tend to go a bit extreme. I remember <laughs> with shame, only very mild shame, because the the occasion when we were in a traveller game, old star, old star, I think, 
Traveller Steel Black Box, and the the people down on the planet were being um, unreasonable at us, and I I I I got them on the, the blur from my spacecraft and said, "Right, I'm now pointed at your spaceport. I don't care uh, uh, what way comes out. What how uh, either you give me the information, or you're going to be needing yourself an entire new capital. I think it may have been a function of the fact that you can just roll up a better uh, character the next time you do <laughs> the next time you do traveler. But I I I I found myself in an imaginative space going to psychotic." quite quickly <laughs> yeah the, I, I can only think of one game that has tried to restrict the number of characters you can generate and it was it was a notoriously bad game for many other reasons too so let's possibly not copy that but um, um, the, the, the trick I suppose is you know if, if, if you have a few PCs dead you want to be able to replace them yeah if you have lots of PCs dead, well, I, well, maybe I, you should start me, again I was, somewhere I was else. Gonna, I, the, the, the tactic I was using would have taken our scout ship with, 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 with me, but I was I was that mission focused. <laughs> um, we should really ask the, the, these these bridge hatches do lock, right? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the player on player would have been very very justified at that moment in time. They, they folded. I'll have you know. So, <laughs> so on the whole, I don't think the GM was expecting that. Um, yes, traditionally, one doesn't play chicken with space stations. <sighs> it, we were. <laughs> we should probably, probably have asked Peter, um, who is GMing both of us in the in mm. a, in a, ga- a game of uh, of uh, Savage Worlds uh, fantasy using the fantasy and magic system, um, which somebody has come up with. Um, which concerns me a lot since I'm playing the nerdy little uh, magician. I like playing magicians. Hmm. Um, I, I'm doing my best to break the system by finding every possible thing that boosts charisma and and, and buying it. Yeah, you, you're. Uh, I I keep except noble. He won't let me have noble. Well, well because you're not. Apart from that, you're you're you're, you're a, 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 a. We could probably con our ways into interrespectability if you don't cheat too many people. Uh, if God had not meant them to be sheared, he would not have made them sheep. Well, this my, uh, this uh, this also illustrates one of my basic uh, problems is that I also like to play uh, basically lawful um, and ethical characters, and I'm hanging around with him, and so do I most of the time. It, it just. He got into my head. Yeah, yeah. Characters, yeah. Modron, uh, Modron is 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 a short, irritable. Um, knows that he could be doing better things than this magician, um, who is who is hanging around with this bunch of of ne'er do wells and 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 lower class fixers because of you know financial problems and that sort of thing. But we're we are on the way to becoming wealthy. We have we have a We're working on it. We're yeah. working on it. Some people in the government actually respect us. Of course they then want us to go on and do jobs for them for free, but hey <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Yeah. Okay, prob- probably a character more more typical of the sort I I play as uh, Vajra the AI in a transhuman space game. Mm-hmm. Set on set on uh, Mars. And I I chatted, chatted with the GM a bit before we started, and yes, Vajra has some gaps in its memories. Okay, its memories actually start with sta- standing at the border post saying, I wish to apply for political asylum within the European Union. Hmm. 
It's fairly sure it did something for the Trans-Pacific Socialist Alliance during the war. It doesn't know what. It has a sneaking suspicion it has decided that it doesn't want to know what. Yeah. It is hard when you're, when people don't re- re- recognise you as people. And especially when you're a reprogrammable person. Mm. Uh, so this didn't actually come up in play all that much. Um, I mean, there was the occasional moment of, oh yes, that reminds me of Null Pointer Exception. Uh, but yeah, it it was basically a background thing to to account for a lack of uh, marketable skills to a large extent. Um, but but it, but it was it was fun to play. Um, t- took up um, Faroese citizenship for tax purposes. There are advantages to Faroese citizenship, are there? Well, within the EU, the the Faroe, the Faroes have to offer something. That's true, and uh, and, 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 and be, because it's a bit dedicated uh, to things, it start, started studying Faroese culture, mm. participating in virtual Grindadrap, whale, whale hunting, which as as a Buddhist was tricky, but you know it was virtual. Yeah, <laughs> that is that that's just an illusion. It's not a sapient AI you're killing. Indeed. Um, the my what else am I playing currently? I'm playing a. a a poor, bedraggled actress, darling, who um, has uh, found herself shifted across parallel worlds and given a, a very minor superpower. She's a shapeshifter. And and as such, she has certain advantages when it comes to um, when it comes to dealing with the aliens and the other interdimensional uh, refugees. Um, but she'd really like to get herself a decent agent, and 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 and. But she's not quite sure if Equity would accept her, given that she can play just about anybody she get, takes a mind to. <laughs> and uh, and she reflects my tendency when things get sticky to become extreme by um, turning into a seagull and dive bombing the bad guys. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, yeah. All right. So a tendency, my my tendencies are a tendency to play good guys, a tendency to go to extremes when provoked. Um, I mm. and I, I do like playing magicians. I I I'd really like to play one in an Ask Magic game. So maybe I should start thinking about that. I'm more prone to play technologists than magicians. I had a character in a cyberpunk game but, many but, but, many but, years ago. But 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 technology is just magic that isn't advanced enough. Not if you do it right. Mm. Um, the character ended up because the the rest of the team wanted to be the brave shooty types. Yeah. So my character ended up being not not only the um, technologist and med tech, but the pilot. Mm. Yes, you go and run into that hail of gunfire. I'll be sitting here in this nice heavy armored vehicle applauding. <laughs> we don't play characters as much as much as we jam. It must be said, but we do we mm. do have fun when we do. Oh. In all of this, this is, uh, the, uh, uh, dear listeners, bear in mind, uh, this is narrative, not advice. Do as, do as we say. <laughs> well, I, 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 we hope, I hope that if any of these seriously annoyed the GMs or other players, they would tell us, or even mildly annoyed. Yeah. And in the Infinite Cabal campaign we've mentioned here from time to time, uh, my character in that, Kudigunda Cornelia Stoltenburg, or Nell, as she's generally known by the rest of the party, is is a magician. Uh, we're, we're, the whole party is fairly powerful mm. magicians or allied trades. And in fact, this, this last weekend, I was ch- chatting with the GM and suddenly had a realization of what her long term goal is: mm. to solve entropy. 
let there be light. The, the ending of that Isaac Asimov story, she wants to say, let there be light. <laughs> or possibly now there is. But, uh, <laughs> oh, good. Green. No, she has a very simple goal, which is to, to know everything. That's a perfectly reasonable goal until you start it, having the power to do something about and it. Reasonable, do not know. Uh, simple, yes, I'll give you simple. <laughs> reasonable, no. One of one of the steps on on the path to this is become immortal. Probably, yes. It might. Otherwise, help. there won't be time to learn everything. You don't know that. You don't know that. You, you're assuming things because you might be able to get to knowing everything in a split second and get it all done before you die. But I wouldn't put money on it. No. And really, the, the the solving entropy thing is kind kind of an extension of that because, you know, if if the universe ends before I've learned everything about it, well, that that would be a great shame. Yeah. And anyway, it's where I keep all my stuff. True. Um, I'm not going to say good luck to her. What was the, the chance of this ever actually occurring in the campaign are trivially low. Well, yes, but it's 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 uh, but, but, but it's, it's, it's something to be aware of, and and a reason to keep well away from her when she gets foot throat going. Um, what was the, the the magician you? I think you played a magician in the Seven Seas game that I was in briefly. Yeah, I never really quite got a handle on on her. That's another female magician. Um, the fire mages, whatever they were called, mm. and yeah, I, I never quite got the got the worked out how it was she was supposed to work be beyond you you would look much better if you were screaming in agony mm. which she felt about quite a lot of people i uh, that which reminds me of another tendency of mine which is to play not only good guys but actual clerics and this has annoyed large numbers of people i think i managed to annoy the players in your um one of your space games where i played the medic because I was just too much of uh, of 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 a good guy, and um, and like to keep my 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 Hippocratic oath uh, firmly to the front. Well, I thought that was entirely appropriate. Yeah, none of the rest of the players were were were, were up with my plans, and I, I did have to write the character out for just being too nice. <laughs> but but yeah, if if anybody wants to say. We can't that uh, if if you want a character who's going to say we can't do that, it's not right. Then it's going to be one of mine. <laughs> mm. uh, and uh, and unfortunately, uh, it has been said to me that when I'm I'm gemming low life characters, I don't allow them to go and become low life enough uh, because I think that bad things will happen. I was frightened by a policeman at an early age. It must be admitted. I've had a problem. I just noticed recently that. Uh, one of my players in particular, but several of them have this habit of finding a bad guy, talking to him, pointing out the flaws in his plan and how he could how he could achieve his objectives much better without hurting people. Yeah, does that and, work? And, and well, it, it it might or might not work on the bad guys, but it has a nasty habit of working on me. Mm. <laughs> you know, the, 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 this might, guy may be a villain, but he's not stupid. Well, I, I have a conviction that that most villainy is deeply stupid. Certainly, if you if you look at anything approximating real life crime, it has a nasty habit of being. You know, yeah, you you could have achieved this much more easily by not killing somebody. Yeah, what's with this hanging around and beating people up thing? Is it profitable? Bad have you considered merchant banking? Yes, um, almost as much almost as much cruelty and and a lot a lot better and a lot better um, midday snacks. Mm. 
However, I think we uh, thank you, Brett, for giving us the the opportunity to sit here and drone on about uh, about our characters. What were the fluffers? The the, the the people who go go on and on about their characters. Uh, I've never a, heard a particular term. There was a there, there was a. I I came across it. Uh, it was common that. Uh, at uh, Games Workshop back back in the day, for people who would come into the shop and tell you all about their character. Oh <laughs> God! Well, we've done that now. I don't think we need to do it again for a while. Onwards. Talking about advice to GMs, as we were earlier, um, valued listener Brett Evel. Yeah, you get two for one this this month, Brett. A valued listener, Brett Evel, in a comment on the website, uh, pointed me towards a book called Games Mastering by Brian Jameson. And I was reading through it and came across a piece of advice in the first chapter. And he was talking about composing a games group putting together a games group, and said, talked about the various types and grades and obsessions of players, and came up with one piece of advice which made me go hum, which was, when you consider the divide between story-focused players and simulationist-focused players, it's best to have all of one or all of the other in your games group. And that made me go hum a bit. Now, this is advice in an area that I don't use because um, I'm, I'm with two groups which I've been together with changing um, uh, casts uh, for decades. And um, I play with the people I know in those groups. By and large, I have done other things and I have got together... Uh, groups for particular games and assumed that the games would attract the sort of people mm. who the game the games were for. With Ars Magica, you want people who are really interested in medieval history and 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 mysticism, and and, and you not, te- not so much all the things going foom. Yeah, quite. Well, now actually, things going foom. There, there, there's a there, there's an entire house of people who like things going foom. <laughs> but um, it struck me as being contrary to the standard advice, which is. You're going to get varying players. Play, find a style that will accommodate all the various types you have. Yeah, um, Robin's Laws of Game Mastering has, I think, mm. six or seven player types. Yeah, like and uh, there are other there are other lists and different types. But is is there a case for this? Is there a case for creating a ideologically unified games group? Because I don't think I've ever had that. And I don't think I've ever looked for it. I've only looked for people who are willing to to game with me and are fun. Yeah, st- stepping, I don't know, zooming zooming in a little bit. Um, the the Robin Laws types are mostly what people want to do during the session. Yeah, and I think one way that works to have a mixed group is niche protection because the guy who wants to fight and the guy who wants to think his way through a problem can probably have separate scenes to shine in. The guy who uh the guy who wants to tear scenery can be accommodated and should be accommodated because he'll if he's good he'll do it well. 
Um, I think the the trick, I think, maybe when you have only a, a smaller number of scenes and either you're going to talk your way through the guards or you're going to have a fight, mm. that you start to have conflicts. Yeah, I don't know. I th- he's talking more about um, philosophy of gaming, the sort of thing that um, players are interested in the game being about. If you're interested in making the the game about story, about player-character interaction, or you're interested in making models of how things and people work, he seems to feel there's 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 a divide there. But I don't know that there is. I think it's a matter of different tools for the same job. Yeah, I've never really had much sympathy with with the the extreme division, and the, the fewer divisions, the more extreme they have to be. Because I can see in my own gaming and my approach to playing or GMing elements of all of these. Yeah, and by by many people's standards, I'm probably more simulationist than most. But one of the standard things I ask is, all right. I'm, I'm building a universe. What sort of story do I want to tell in this universe? What you know, is this going to be one where you can call for help and have it turn up, hmm. or are you or is out it one on where your you're own? Yeah. months from help? Yeah, or something in between, and that that then feeds into the horribly technical design of how travel works. Yeah, um, the uh, for me the 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 gritty bits of a GURPS character generation are there to make my role playing easier. Especially disadvantages. Disadvantages and skill and skill and skill levels are there, so I know in advance what this uh, this player is going to be capable of, and when he comes up against a problem he's specifically not capable of, what his chances are of succeeding. I will, um, I will try to defuse. If I'm James Bond and I don't know um, how to defuse the nuclear device I'm handcuffed to, I will give it a try. Uh, but uh, what's the worst that could happen? <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I, 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 if I'm vaporized, I'm not going to care about what state that all that gold is in. To be frank, well, that's not a worse outcome than if you do nothing. True, true. So you, you do, you, you do what you can, but it also gives me, yes, the role playing things I can, and I can spark off overconfidence or being a good guy, um, as I, as I said before, hmm. are, are things I can bake into, but. I, I I care about the simulation because it supports the the sense of being in the character, and I if 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 I felt my character could wave a wand and do anything, I'd be a bit fed up because you know that that that's make make a wish and uh, and you should have a limited number of wishes. And so and, and if I can do that, why am I doing this adventure? Yeah, quite. And to to complete the triad, um, there are times when it's quite satisfying just to say, oh yeah, I've, I've designed this character well, I've got all the modifiers on my side, I can roll the dice and do something effective, purely in game mechanical terms. Yeah. It's not something I want to do every every time, every encounter every week. But... No, but on the other hand, uh, being faced with something in game terms, like, I don't know... Smuggling a nuclear device onto an onto an island, mm-hmm. and then looking at what your character is good at and what he can reasonably bring out from the background, and plan an operation against your preset character. You won't be good at 
if the GM's doing his job right, you won't be quite good enough to do everything. <laughs> and there will be moments of hairiness. Um, but if you make it interesting enough to the players, they will say, yeah, we've got to do this. We can do it this way. Let's let's roll the dice and hope. I think you may just have put a finger on one of my arguments against broad skill definitions. Yeah. In in that situation, if if one one of the characters has the smuggler archetype, yeah, and the others don't, that's a very strong pointer as to how you're going to solve it. Whereas if what you have is is an, is everybody has a bunch of different skills, some of which are, you know, disguising things, um, radiation physics, so that we can hide it from radiation detectors or whatever. Yeah, but th- th- then you have to start coming up with a complex plan that involves multiple people, rather than saying Bob the smuggler will use his smuggler ability. Yeah, quite. I, it is a problem. You should design characters in a in a granular system, grainy, granular, grainy system like GURPS, um, to have specific abilities. Though there are options for things like bang skills, um, the, because and sometimes your character should have should have a lack of what he really ought to have from his mm. predefined background. I've I've had play, players. Moan at me! You gave me this pre pre gen character. She's a knight. Why doesn't she have leadership? And the answer is, she isn't that sort of knight yet. She's got to learn, mm. and she will uh, because she'll be forced to it by her social role. But right now, she's a she is a competent warrior on on horseback with um, certain social status and skills. She will learn. A thing that's quite handy for that in GURPS, in, in a purely mechanical sense, is stick the skill on at a zero point at default. Mm. That reminds the player that it's there, and hey, maybe they want, might want to put some points in it sometime. Yeah, hint, hint. I think, I, I, I think the bigger point is that you. C- this is a very broad um, hobby we have. A very broad. Mm. Um, and every every scenario you sit down at the table to play out has a very broad category of of approaches uh, to it. I, I, I Pro- probably more so in the in the games we favour. I mean, if if you go to a convention, you, you sign up for a D and D game. Yeah. Uh, okay, it may not actually be going down a dungeon and bashing things, but bashing things is likely to be fairly high on the list of activities you do. Mm. Not guaranteed, but it's likely. I don't, if you well, sign up for a GURPS game, it could be anything. True. I think... Well, hang on, you made me lose my train of thought. Hang on, back, 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 track, back, track. I think what I was going to say was, um, I've never actually read the Glass Bead game by... Uh, what's his name? Famous Guntergrass? Famous German. Uh, anyway, which is about uh, uh, an imagined future society where there is this complicated game where about which involves researching... Everything and, it, and it's always struck me as a good metaphor for role-playing games that you bring around the table the the, the abilities of the character and the and the knowledge and personality of the players, and you make that to use that to to make a solution to a piece of of puzzle art, mm. and and that's why I think um, segregating out out different types of players. Doesn't doesn't work if that, and it's one one of the reasons why I feel awkward sometimes with the setups of some story focused games, that they want to be about what they are about in advance and not about what you discover. 
Yeah. Any game, using no matter how light or how heavy a system, is about discovering what the story was about after all. <laughs> and uh, and as somebody said to Isaac Asimov, just because you're the author doesn't mean you know anything about this stuff. Yeah. Um, think Thinking of uh, all, all those player characters we've just been talking about, uh, I don't think any of them ended up in, in the adventure that I was, or the story that I was expecting to happen when I generated them. Mm. And that's fine. Because, you know, they are people who've been thrown into situations they're not quite expecting. Yeah. And it's it's the end result of that that's fun. Yeah. And, and, and if, if I just wanted to write a story about um, yeah, th- this character do, do, doing what he expected and doing well, I could write it rather than play it. Yeah. And it probably wouldn't be as interesting. Yeah. The Some of the... The best role-playing moments I've had have come out of players who I have, who have surprised me, with mm. their capacity for coming up with new new stuff, and this is why I, um, uh, I may be accused of following what what some are called the geek social fal- fal- fallacies, and but I believe that that anybody can be interesting given the right s- stimulation. Yes, some of the most boring people I know can be utterly fascinating once one gets them onto the right subject. Yeah, and uh, and I've played with people people for for years. At, all right, if you're listening to this, my players don't go all self conscious, but some of you, at the most surprising mo- moments, come out with wonderful stuff that I wasn't expecting, and it, and this is why I keep on doing it. One of the reasons. So amuse him, work harder. Yes, <laughs> crack crack the whip. Uh, we are not. Uh, we are not in favour of this piece piece of advice. I'm no, no doubt it was meant kindly, but uh, well, I think it's perhaps need, needs needs some interpretation or clarification. Yeah. Uh, if you if you have two players who want completely different and incompatible things from the game, well, yeah, that's not going to work well. So that might be a thing to keep an eye out for. Mm. There are. Uh, uh, there are some players who who uh, 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 who find each other deeply annoying. The best thing that I can do is keep them on the opposite sides of the table, mm. and, uh, and and point out to uh, to them when they're being unfair to the uh, to the other, and let people have their fun. Um, and yeah, find the the uh, find the. The wonderfulness in each of your players, there there is an inf- there is for practical purposes an infinite supply of uh, players out there if you're a good GM and good at recruiting. Yeah, and uh, uh, but and so, some people are in the. I've never I, kicked I anybody. I, I've only kicked. A, I don't know. I may have kicked one person out. Um, Bill Bill Stoddard, who's mm. uh, author of some repute. Uh, has been in the situation where he's got you know, about thirty odd players in in his local community, yeah. and he he will put up you know five or six different campaign ideas, and then sort players into the campaigns they feel like playing, and the, these will then run for a few months, yeah, and then everybody will shuffle around and do it again. I, I believe he's now moved moved, so he doesn't have that group, but he's building up a new one. Hmm. Um, 
he is surprised that other people aren't in this situation. I've never heard of anybody else in this situation. If you're in that situation, this is great. Yeah, I'm, if you're in that situation, you are clearly the big cheese uh, locally. But um, I, yeah, what are the other people doing when you're not entertaining them? Um, are they are they playing? Uh, what happens to the other people in Bill Stoddard's Well, I think area? I think they're all separate separate uh, meetings, right? So, 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 so Group A playing Campaign A would, would meet on you know, sort of week, weekly on Mondays or whatever, and then Group B playing Campaign B might be every two weeks on a Saturday. I, I don't know the details. Yeah, my, so, my, my, my social life is entirely too uh, tie, tie, tied up in uh, in going to other people's houses and going to <laughs> going to the games club, so it, it doesn't work that way with me. I I wonder if I should try getting a, a, a group together for... Um, for a new, a new game, perhaps run online, and I suspect that if I ever do this, I'm not going to be able to come up with a coherent. I'm going to come up with a uh, with a questionnaire that says, "What is it you want to do in this game?" I'm not going to come up with a questionnaire that says, "What sort of player are you, and are you going to annoy me?" Hmm. I think one one of the tricks there may be um, we've we've talked a few times, I think, about uh, the campaign prospectus. Yeah. But the the virtue of that being that, particularly if you're recruiting a new group, um, pe- people who who you know, if, if you go into enough detail about what's going to happen or the sort of thing you expect to happen in the game, yeah. then people who don't want to do that sort of thing aren't going to apply to play in the game. Yeah, Un- unless they're attracted by your star power, obviously. Obviously, I mean it happens all the time. People follow me on the streets. I'm I'm, I'm stalked. Ah. Uh... The, uh, the, there's a thing in one of uh, C. Northcote Parkinson's books in which he talks about recruiting people and says that the ideal advertisement should attract one and only one um, <laughs> candidate. Uh, and, he, 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 and he lists a, uh, uh, a, a, a an advert for the Prime Minister of Ruritania who should be willing to go three rounds with the, the best... Um, a boxer in the country, a uh, fight, fight a po- uh, polar bear, uh, submit to a um, submit to an examination on the following abstruse subjects. Be willing to take a knighthood um, or equivalent honor and die by euthanasia um, at the end of his term of office. And you should only get one person <laughs> turning up to answer that advert. Well, I, ha- I have met uh, adverts in the real world that were clearly designed only to suit one person, but that was usually because they already knew the person, but the rules said they had to advertise for it. Yeah, uh, and some adverts go out which are clearly designed to tickle the ego of HR and not to match anybody in the real world. Mm. But um, we, if we get on to HR, we'll be doing a whole other topic. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I think a unity uh, of mind, an agreement of philosophy might be a very nice thing to have amongst your players but I've never seen it and never expect it. I think this is more a question of a happy medium um, yeah. if if one had personality copies of the um, of, of one player in one's group and one had just, just six, yeah. of, six of them yeah. then this would not probably not be significantly more interesting than having just one of them yeah if you have a complete divergent group, it's not going to work. I, th- I think you need some somewhere in the middle enough differences that they will spark off each other and, and come up with ideas that mm. each other haven't thought of, and, yeah. want, and want to do different things. Yeah, without without completely clashing. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't. I don't know. Some of this is gem style as well. Um, yeah. 
I seem to be mentioning Bill Stoddard today. What what um, I've read some of his write-ups of a transhuman space game he ran, and most of the time it seems he, he's got his four player characters, and they're all off doing completely different things, and occasionally they, some of them will meet and exchange information. But basically, player A is mostly indulging in player A's goals yeah. rather than the group, rather, and to some extent the group goals. Yeah, I I don't think I can do. I, I could think. I could run something like that as a po- as a, a, a as a play by uh, by internet game or play by post game, but damn it all, we get around sit around the table for a purpose, and there mm. should be a sense of the group as a group, and even if you're the one who's trying to stab them all in the back and betray them, you should be there and interacting with them. <laughs> Otherwise, they they might suspect you. Uh, they should suspect you, uh, suspect you anyway, but they should need you at the same time. Yeah, I, I think the way I've drifted in recent years is, to, is to, yes, they may well be individual stuff, but that will be handled by email, or if I happen to run into the player on some other occasion, mm. not, not at the table, because some people can make it work. Where okay, you know, we're, we're having, a, we're having a scene with uh, player A, so players B, C, and D. Here are your NPCs for this scene. Mm, I've done that, yeah. I've seen it done. I've not achieved it myself. I'm not completely convinced that it works for me. So, yeah, yeah, it can it can, it can be made to work. But but, but if you don't do something yeah. like that, then then the other players are just sitting being bored. Well, uh, I, actually, what it should be is the other players are sitting being entertained by the by mm. by the active player and throwing in helpful and not so helpful suggestions. I suppose, but to me, a lot of the fun of this is the interactivity. Yeah. I, I prefer scenes in which more than more than one player character are involved, but I recognise that the the drive of the plot and the logic of the story are going to take it in other directions sometimes. Mm. But there is something glorious about them all being there and all arguing and all throwing something in and com- complicating matters. And as I say, if we if if we were if we wanted all to be separate individuals in the same universe, we could do that by play by post, and and we probably yeah. should. Yeah, the the it's things like um, play, player B is listening listening into what's going on and says, "Hang on a minute, you are you really doing that?" And the the player who's doing it might not have realised there was any tension between that and something else, and mm. you know, that that sort of thing can work really quite well. Yeah. Um, and sometimes I don't even have to say, are you sure that's a good idea? <laughs> well, I think we chewed some fat out of this one. Yeah. Onwards. That has been Improvised Radio Theatre with Dice. If you want to send us stories of the marvellous characters you have been playing, keep it short, please, but you can post them at the web, on the website or via mail to... Uh, email podcast at tekeli.ly And uh, we'll be back in another month's time... For our 60th episode! We want to do something special. Um, dancing girls, music... Beer? I'm off the beer at the moment. It's oh. very annoying. <laughs>